We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's Wednesday morning, November 16th, and Donald Trump announced that he is going to run for the presidency of the United States in 2024. Here's the question. How should principled, constitutional conservatives be reacting to this news? What should we be saying as we enter into this primary season for the leadership of our country? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. As I said in the introduction, today's topic is Donald Trump and his announcement that he will run for election for president of the United States in 2024. He launched his election last night in an announcement for Mar-a-Lago. So, What should principled conservatives be doing about this? What should we think? What should we say? How should we engage in the debate in the market square of ideas as we talk to our friends and our foes? How should we respond? That's today's topic. Now, I'm not claiming that my way is the only way, but I am going to share with you my unvarnished opinion, my unvarnished views, my unguarded, candid perspective as to how I, as a conservative who believes in conserving the time-tested truths of the Constitution and a biblical worldview which serves as the foundation of our constitutional republic, I'm going to let you know how I feel about this. Now, I want to remind you before we take a break, I'm not a never-Trumper and have never been a never-Trumper. I've said a hundred times on this show, thank him when he's right, criticize him when he's wrong. And that's the way we should respond to any leader, whether it be Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, uh, Rubio, Cruz, Haley, you fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. We should thank our leaders when they're right and criticize them when they're wrong. I've done this with Governor Stitt here in Oklahoma. Uncomfortably so at times. Some of you probably haven't liked my criticism of Governor Stitt. I'm sure his staff... And he, if they're aware of it, don't like it. Who among us likes being criticized, being told that we're wrong, especially publicly? I don't like it. You don't like it. Nobody likes it. But I think it's our obligation as informed citizens, especially if we're conservatives, if we believe in truth with a capital T, if we believe that truth should judge the debate and not power and politics, if we believe in principles over personalities, If we really hold that these truths are self-evident and that they're endowed to us by our Creator and not given to us or granted to us by government, if we believe this stuff, then we have to be prepared to speak up and defend it in the market square of ideas, in the public square, in the debate. And we should welcome that debate. What really bothers me right now is you're, you're getting yelled at. I'm getting yelled at. If you dare to even poke your head up out of the foxhole and say, wait a second, um, I like what Ron DeSantis is doing. I like what Kevin Stitt is doing. I like what Tim Scott is doing. I like what Ted Cruz said. 
I, le- I like what Greg Abbott did down in Texas. If you dare to say any of that, we're being silenced and shunned by our own right now, and that's not healthy. That's not good. That's not what conservatives should do. So if you're, if you're tempted to tune me out because, oh, he's going to say something negative about Trump, shame on you. And if I lose you as a listener, you know, frankly, so be it. Uh, and I may. I know that I'm running a risk by speaking my mind on this particular issue. I'm running a risk of alienating folks that generally agree with what I say, listen in, read my writing, like my speaking, like my views. In fact, I know this for a fact because I'm already getting approached publicly and privately by some of you in social media. Followers that have been with me for years saying, I've agreed with everything you've said, but what are you talking about now? You're criticizing Donald Trump. Why? Because that's what I've been telling you for years. We should be doing That's what conservatives do. We are not afraid of a debate. We're not afraid of the argument. We welcome it. Because we know that that good exchange of ideas, the push and tug and pull between one another, iron sharpens iron, therefore let one man sharpen another. That's straight out of the Bible. That's out of the book of Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, let one man sharpen another. And if we're afraid to do that, as Republicans, as conservatives, as Christians, as constitutionalists, as thoughtful citizens, then we're lost. We're lost. Okay, so we're going to take a break, and then I'm going to share with you my perspective on some of the challenges that have been thrown my way in the last couple days, because I've dared to say, well, I think Ron DeSantis is doing a pretty darn good job, and I think we ought to have an open, robust, competitive primary. And... I actually may vote for DeSantis during that primary rather than Donald Trump. Oh, heresy, some folks say. I've got to admit, I'm getting a lot of applause for saying that too. But I think this is a very healthy, healthy thing for our party, for conservatives to do. I don't think we should coronate a king. We should have a robust primary and let the voters decide informed citizens who read and think and challenge one another and sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. So let's take a break. When I get back, I'll share a little bit more detail about where I am in my thinking right now with regard to Donald Trump's announcement and some of the objections I'm getting for suggesting that there may be a better candidate for us now than Donald Trump. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. 
Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So, I said a couple things uh, in the last couple days, and even in my previous show, where I was thankful for Ron DeSantis' victory, and I suggested that he is the future of the Republican Party. Some people have said thank you. We agree. Others of you listening and following me on social media disagree. You think that um, I'm falling prey I'm being hoodwinked. I'm being played by the left. I'm, I'm being um, co-opted by the swamp. And that I shouldn't do this. We need to stay unified behind Trump is essentially the challenge that I'm getting from fellow soldiers, people that I respect deeply. I'm not mocking you at all. I'm not maligning you at all. I'm just saying that this is an accurate depiction of what some of you are saying right now. You're saying, I agree with you. You've stood with us in the culture wars. You fought against the trans lunacy of drag queen parties in the public parks and drag queen story hours in our public schools. You've defended a woman's right to have her own bathroom and a girl's right to have her own sport. Um, you, you, you've championed the conservative principles that um, we gained during the Trump administration. Um, more religious freedom, more economic liberty, etc., etc. You're right. I have. I've done all of that. But here's the thing. I think we need to recognize that it's time to look forward and not always be looking over our shoulder. I think Ron DeSantis, in particular, is showing great promise right now as a conservative leader. He has a track record in Florida that proves itself. I don't need to belabor that right now. I could say this. He's had an excellent response to COVID. I'd much rather live in Florida than I would in Washington, D.C., New York City, San Francisco, or many other places across the nation. Um, Ron DeSantis did a better job in responding to COVID, quite frankly, than even we did here in Oklahoma. And I'm not saying we had a terrible response, but Ron DeSantis was bold, courageous. He led in terms of a conservative constitutional response to the COVID nonsense. Um, there a ton of things you could point to in terms of Ron DeSantis's conservative credentials. He's earned some street cred when it comes to proving his mettle in that fight, both in the w- cultural wars, fighting against wokeism, as well as economic freedom and basic constitutional freedom to live your life and not have to have something injected in your body or be forced to wear a piece of paper over your face or be told you can't go to a restaurant, go shopping in a grocery store, or you can't go to church. Ron DeSantis has led the charge for sanity. Okay, I've had people say, okay, that's all fine and good, but Trump will beat Ron DeSantis in a landslide. Um, I I disagree with that. Uh, I'm not the one being hoodwinked or bamboozled or played here. I mean, it's just not true that Trump is beating DeSantis. Uh, in the polls right now. Now, you're hearing that some of those polls showed that, but those polls are old. Trump Trump is 
now behind Ron DeSantis in some polls, and that has happened in the last 30 days. For example, the Club for Growth. And please don't shoot the messenger just because you don't like the message. Uh, don't go after these ad hominem attacks. Well, the Club for Growth is part of the swamp. Uh, I know the people at the Club for Growth, and nobody's perfect, and I don't think they're part of the swamp. They're a very conservative organization that believes in free enterprise. They believe in constitutional freedom, and they believe in a sound fiscal policy. I've met with the people at the Club for Growth in Washington, D.C. And again, I'm not claiming they're perfect, but I am not going to buy this argument that, oh, that's just part of the swamp. I think that's a knee-jerk reaction, and I'm not going to go there. All right, Club for Growth just issued a poll. They did it on the 14th, just a couple days ago. And they were once a very staunch ally of Donald Trump. Um, They actually served as an informal advisor to him during his administration. So they provided this polling. It says DeSantis now has a double-digit lead. Let me go back and say that again. DeSantis has a double-digit lead in Iowa, New Hampshire, Georgia, and Florida. If the primaries were held today, DeSantis is up double digits in all of those states. And why is that important? Well, you know Iowa is the first one. New Hampshire is, is, is it the second one? It's one of the first couple. And then you have Georgia and Florida. So if the primaries were today, DeSantis, DeSantis is polling better than Trump in those primaries. You say, well, polling doesn't mean anything. We need to stop that too. I'm not claiming that the polls are always accurate. But these pollsters don't, they're going to go out of business if they're always wrong. So if they were off in an election in a previous year, they're going to have to adjust their algorithms and their statistic formula to be more accurate. Otherwise, nobody's going to pay attention to them, and they're going to go out of business. So you can't just dismiss the polls because they were off in the last election or one that was four years ago. You've got to consider the polls. It's not the gospel truth, but I think we're foolish to just write them off as if it's just a product of the swamp. I don't buy that. Okay? And if Trump were up, you'd be touting it as a wonderful thing. In fact, you were touting it. We were touting it a few days ago. Well, Trump would beat Biden. And then we think that's great. But then when the numbers are negative, we say, well, the polls are biased. It's just a product of the swamp. We can't have it both ways, people. All right. So uh, the Club for Growth says that, uh, what's it say here? Trump is polling weaker than expected in the midterms. DeSantis leads Trump by 11 percentage points in Iowa right now. He leads him by 15 percentage points in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, DeSantis up over Trump, 15 points in New Hampshire. So 11 in Iowa, 15 in New Hampshire. DeSantis is up uh, 26 points in Florida. 26 points in Florida and 20 points in Georgia. All right. Now, you've got to stop and think about that. All right, right now, don't tell me that Donald Trump will crush DeSantis and that DeSantis doesn't have a chance, that we're foolish to throw our our weight and our vote and our influence behind anybody but Trump. No, we're not foolish because actually it's a neck-and-neck race right now with DeSantis leading in many polls. 15 points in New Hampshire, 11 in Iowa, 26 in Florida, and by 20 points in Georgia. And we can't ignore that. Okay, find another poll, dispute it if you will, but you can't just dismiss this because you don't like it. All right, 
There's another poll out right now that shows that on a, on a national basis, not just the primaries in individual states, but on a national basis, that Trump has dropped 18 points since October. And DeSantis is now beating Trump nationally, 43% to 32% in an open primary. That would include multiple candidates, such as Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Donald Trump, and DeSantis. In that poll, Trump has dropped 18 points, with DeSantis now leading 43 to 32%, with the rest of the votes going to Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and then Undecided comes in at 13%. So that 13% obviously isn't in the bank for Donald Trump or anybody else at this point, which tells you that an open primary is important. Because Trump's got 32%, DeSantis has 43%, 13% could be had at least 13% could be had by either of those two candidates, and that assumes that the Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence vote wouldn't go to one of those two candidates, which it obviously would. So what's my point right here? I'm not being hoodwinked. I'm not being played when I say we need to have a robust, open, competitive primary, and we shouldn't fall prey to this argument that we just need to coronate a king. I don't want to coronate Ron DeSantis. I don't want to do that. I'm not arguing for that. But I'm arguing that we should not do it for Donald Trump either. So, um, these concerns that I'm not acknowledging the fact that Ron DeSantis can't win against Donald Trump, they're just not valid concerns. I, I also think this claim that I'm being hoodwinked because I'm buying the lie of the swamp is a distraction, and I think it's just uh, shallow, vacuous talk. I don't think I'm the one being hoodwinked. I would argue that those who are fixated on the past and fail to see the future for what it is are the ones that are being hoodwinked, okay? You're being, we're, you, I, anybody that takes that position is being blinded by a fixation on the past rather than looking to the future. And frankly, uh, I don't like it that Donald Trump keeps reflecting back to 2020, well, this happened in 2020, and that happened in 2020, and this happened... No, I, fine. Move on. Move on. Let's stop fixating on the past. I did this. I did that. They did this to me. They were wrong here, and they were wrong there. No. We need to move forward, and we need to do something now to fix our problems now and stop talking about all of that. I'm not saying we shouldn't go back and look at election integrity. Not at all. But Ron DeSantis has done that in Florida. He's fixed the election issues in Florida, and he won by 20 points. So I want to ask you this. What has Donald Trump or anybody else done to fix the election issues and concerns nationwide? If you want to keep talking about the problem, then fix the problem rather than complaining about the problem. And Ron DeSantis is a fixer. He's not just a complainer. I don't mind the complaint as long as it comes with a solution. But a constant complaint is not leadership. So... I appreciate what you're saying, but I want to remind you, if, you're, if, if you disagree with me, I appreciate what you're saying, and I'm not shutting you down. In fact, bring it on. But I want to remind you, I have never been a never Trumper, and I have little patience for those who are. Um, I've thanked him when he was right. I've thanked him for defending my religious freedom. I've thanked him for his economic gains. I've thanked him for a strong military. I've thanked him for having the right ideas on the border, even though I'm not too sure 
we need to give him a free pass on that because we don't have a wall on our southern border right now. We didn't get that in the four years of Donald Trump. Part of it, yes. Not all of it. Not enough. And I think we should. I think we should have a secure border. Okay. Um, but we can't ignore the fact that we just lost Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, probably. And we shouldn't have. And the buck stops at the top. You can't keep blaming everybody else. The buck stops at our chief endorser, and the chief endorser during this primary season was who? Donald Trump. Well, he won the majority of his endorsements. Well, some of those people he endorsed late. Um, they were going to win anyway, and uh, you jump on board and you endorse them. And he's not the only one that does it. Trump isn't the only one guilty of this, but you endorse somebody because you know they're going to win because you want to ride their coattails. I get that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to do, but you can't just give Donald Trump all the credit for every win. And I agree, you can't give him the blame for every loss. But the bottom line is, Oz lost to Fetterman. The guy can't communicate. He's got brain damage, Fetterman, and he's now a senator because of a weak candidate. And our chief endorser endorsed that weak candidate. Likewise, issues in Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, the list goes on. And we had a very poor performance during the midterm, and we have to do some internal analysis to try to figure out why. And to exonerate Donald Trump for any of this, is, I think, is foolish. So I'm arguing this. We need a robust, honest, and competitive primary, and we need to let the voters decide. Conservatives defend principles, not personalities. I'm not going to get involved in this personality cult of Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Tim Scott or anybody else. I'm not going to do it. And you shouldn't either. Conservatives defend principles, not personalities. Our concern should be to make America great again. Not Donald Trump, not Tim Scott, not Ron DeSantis. I don't care about them being great. And Donald Trump shouldn't care about him being great again either. And I've got to say it. You're going to get mad at me. Some of you will. Some of you will applaud. There are times when I have to wonder... Is this about Donald Trump being great again or America being great again? I agree. America needs to be great again. And we need a leader that recognizes the principles of America are more important than the personalities involved in this dispute. All right. So in the last few minutes that I have right now, I, I, I want to make it clear. I applaud Donald Trump's accomplishments. I'm not disputing them. But my point still stands, as I've stated previously. I don't think that the current political strategy is a winning strategy. That's my view. You can disagree with it. Fine. That's what a good debate is for. That's what a primary is for. Uh, I think we're losing a substantial portion uh, of the electorate right now because I think Donald Trump's acerbic tone is alienating such a huge percentage of the populace that it, we're, we're at the point where he's unelectable. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But you got to admit, there's a 50-50 split in our culture. Some people love what Donald Trump stands for, and they'll fight for him to the end. But about 50% of the American people don't. So you have to think strategically. Are we going to gain any ground if that's our banner, if that's our if that's our standard bearer. So conservatism, I believe, wins. 
I, I don't think there's any question. I said, look at Kevin Stitt, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, for example. Conservatism wins. But will Donald Trump? We have to ask that question and be honest about it. I'm grateful for what he gave us while he was in office. But at the same time, I think we need to admit we need to move on in 2024, or we're going to lose everything that we gained with Donald Trump and more. So I'm challenging what I consider to be some thoughtless, unquestioning loyalty to people, to personalities, rather than principles. Conservatives are people of principles, not personalities. We will defend the debate. We don't shame and shun those that disagree. That shaming and shunning, that silencing, that anger, that resentment, that casting out of the tribe, if you will, of those that disagree is the behavior of a cult. It's not the behavior of conservatives. So guard yourself against that. Everyone has the right to their perspective on this stuff. And you don't lose your conservative cred just because you raise your hand and say, oh, I don't think this is the right way to go. Unless you start abandoning the conservative principles. And I challenge anybody listening to me right now to find one bit of evidence where I have abandoned any conservative principle. What real conservatives do is debate and discuss. Like I said, we don't cancel shame and shun. Do we have a lot of nefarious people in D.C.? Yes. Yeah, no, no question. Do we have a lot of evil people who are bent on retaining their power at all costs. Sure we do. Is there potential for great voter fraud? Yeah, sure. But what's that have to do with what I'm talking about right now? If, if Trump can win, then let him prevail in the primary. But if he doesn't win in the primary, to stay home because he didn't win is just stupid and crazy. That's... Why would your loyalty be, be for that individual rather than somebody else that can push you toward greater freedom rather than less? I'm going to say this. I think Trump's pettiness and vindictive attitude will continue to drive open-minded independence away. They'll vote for anybody but. And I think that's a, a, an unworkable formula for victory when you look at a strategy that's necessary to elect somebody. You can't do that. I think looking over your shoulder in the past is a wrong move. I think we need to look ahead. Um, I've written and spoken very openly about my support for Donald Trump, surprisingly so, because I didn't think he'd be what he was, but he defended me, and I was thankful for it. But here, we also need to acknowledge some of his failures. Trump gave us Fauci. Oh, I know Fauci had his job before Trump, but... Trump elevated Fauci, empowered him to become this little despot over our daily lives. You have to remember that happened under Trump. Tell me where Trump reigned Fauci back in. He didn't. And therefore, you have to hold Trump responsible for the Fauci-isms that we had to endure in our lives over the last couple of years. And some people are still enduring those crazy edicts. Trump gave us masking. He gave us social distancing. He gave us quarantines. Under Trump, we shut down the entire economy. Under Trump, we had these jackbooted despots telling us where we could go to church or not go to church and telling us that we couldn't even go to our grandparents' funerals. When Trump was president, the government literally told us when we could go jog in the park and when we could go shopping or not. 
we can't just blame everyone else for that Orwellian nightmare that we lived through. Donald Trump was president at the front end of that. And the buck stops with him. He was the leader that empowered, emboldened, gave somewhat free reign to Fauci and Deborah Burks and masking and vaccines and testing. Our world changed. Now, DeSantis showed some spine and sanity, while I would argue Donald Trump released Fauci and his henchmen on the American people. And I'm not going to remain silent on that. And I don't think anyone else should. Uh, we cannot ignore that that happened. So we need to move on. We must have a healthy and robust primary. We need to let conservatives speak without shunning them and canceling them and claiming that they're traitors. We need to let the people go, so to speak. Let them be free. Let the debate without can, let the debate ensue without recriminations and name calling. And one last word here. If you really believe that an election integrity is so bad and that our system is so corrupt that every time our guy loses, it's because of fraud, then why is Trump even running right now? Why is it important or even viable for him to campaign if the game is rigged? And if whatever happens is predetermined, the entire thing is a farce if that's true. But Trump is gaming the system and playing within what he is at the same time saying is broken and is a joke. You can't have it both ways. If you think the process is broken, you better fix it like DeSantis has done in Florida. If you, if, if, if you want to claim there's a problem, then be the solution. Don't just be the complainer. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.